Welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome to Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day uh, to all of you out there. And thank you so much again for joining with and for worshiping with us here at Alger Assembly of God today. We are in a series entitled Women of Faith. And uh, James chapter 2.17 says this, Faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. So it encourages us that yes, faith is needed, faith is necessary, faith is great, but it must also come alongside of action, faith into practice. So all month long, we are looking at women of faith, women from the Word of God who are used in a mighty way by God. And today on Mother's Day, we'll continue that. Now the story is told of a teacher who gave her class of second graders a lesson on the magnet. She was teaching her students what a magnet is and what a magnet does. The next day in a written test, she included this question to her second graders. My full name has six letters. The first one is M. I pick up things. What am I? When all the test papers were turned in, the teacher was humorously surprised to find that over 50% of her students wrote down this word, mother. Some of you might not be surprised that that is the response of a mother picking up things. This Apparently the second uh, graders thought that as well. Well, I want to invite you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 2. Uh, we're about to read about a man and a woman. They're not named in this passage. They're named later. Uh, but the man is Amram. His wife is Jochebed. Jochebed is the woman of faith that we're examining here on Mother's Day. They're about to have a little baby. And we're going to explore some of what she and he did and uh, how in the world is she going to respond to these perilous times. So uh, this is not just for mothers. This is not just for moms, although certainly there are some great principles there. But whether you're a mom or a dad, a, a man or a woman, boy or a girl, teenager, grandparent, uh, we've got some principles here from God's Word from this woman of faith for you. So today on Mother's Day, let's, let's examine the description of a faith that protects. A faith that protects. First of all, a faith that protects will see the potential. Check it out. Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child... She hid him for three months. Now, Acts chapter 7, verse 20, Stephen, as he's giving his speech, he says this, By faith, Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. Speaking about faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, we read this, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw, yet again, he was no ordinary child. You see, Jochebed, this incredible mother and woman of faith, recognized the potential in her child. The King James uh, translates or, or interprets it as goodly. She saw he was a goodly child. New American Standard says beautiful. New Living Translation said he was a special child. 
That Hebrew word that might be interpreted there as no ordinary child by the NIV could mean well-formed. So all of these are words or descriptions that say something special was in him. But guess what? Isn't that what every single mom and dad says? I mean, when the baby is born, don't you always hear, oh, such a beautiful baby and everybody that comes to see them, right? Oh, you have such a beautiful, such a gorgeous child. I don't know that I've ever heard a parent cradling their new little one in their arms saying to the friends who stopped by to see him, boy, she's ugly, isn't she? I mean, there always seems to be that encouragement. There always seems to be that nudge that says, this child is something else. And, and even you, no doubt you've, you've gone and you've seen some different individuals who have had a child. And though maybe you might not have said beautiful, when they said, what do you think of our baby? You, you probably mumbled or stuttered something. <laughs> that, that's quite a, quite a baby now. But Jacobet and her husband I believe you and I, we've got to see the potential. This was more than just a cute-looking baby. She was, she was seeing something. She was seeing, I believe, the hand of God upon this little life, that God was going to do something mighty and powerful in him. I believe that they saw God's purpose, that God was somehow going to use this little one. Now, how you get all of that, but we see that from the scriptures, their, their viewpoint. They saw his potential. They saw what he could be in God. I love this quote that I came across. It says, anyone can count the number of apples on a tree. However, it takes a rare and wonderful person who can count the number of trees inside an apple. Inside an apple. And I think anybody can kind of look and see what somebody is. But I think it takes that, that rare and unique and special individual to be able to take a look and see what that person can become. So when it comes to our children, yes, as, as a mom and as a dad, certainly let's take a look at our children and see the potential, not just who they are, but who they can become in God. When it comes to our spouses, let's take a look at not just who they are, but who they can become and how God can utilize His plan and her, His purpose in them. When it comes to our friends, let's, let's take a look and see the potential of God working in and through a life. No doubt you've, you've come across some individuals and, and maybe they've seen, seemed a little bit rough around the edges. If we only take a look at what they are now, if we only take a look at who this individual is now, we might miss out on the potential of what God wants to do in them and through them. Let's take a look and see the potential. The individuals, no matter who it is that you and I might meet, take a look and see the potential. Not just who they are, but what they can become in God. Now listen, every single one of us are different. We take a look back at, at our girls, Autumn and Brooklyn, and, and as they were growing up, their, their little personalities, they were different. 
but they were unique. They were special, and we loved and treasured each one. Not trying to force or smash them to be like the other person, and, and certainly as they continue to grow older and older, it's, it's more difficult for them to want to try to be exactly like the other person. They're, they're growing into their uniqueness. We, we see that. We see that potential. So whether it comes to children or spouses or coworkers, neighbors, friends, the individuals that you and I meet, part of, of that faith that protects here from Jacobet is she saw the potential. Let's see the potential in others. Secondly, here's a, a second description, if you would, about a faith that protects. A faith that protects, we must stand with conviction. Let's continue Exodus chapter 2 and, and kind of reread that again. It says that when she saw he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Now, again, in light of the story and the situation, Exodus chapter 1 verse 22 says this, that Pharaoh gave the order to all of his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile River, but let every girl live. That's the command. That is the instruction. That is the decree of the king, the pharaoh, the, the head of Egypt. Every boy must be thrown into the Nile. And yet, Jochebed decided not just to see his potential, but to stand with conviction to hold on to him and, and hide him for three months. Now, Hebrews 11.23, we, we read part of this uh, just a few moments ago, but the end part of the verse, it says, they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. In spite of this order, in spite of this instruction, they were not afraid, they were not scared, they were standing with conviction. You see, Jacobed did the right thing even though, even though it was difficult. Sometimes it's a, it's a challenge for you and I to do the right thing. You wonder, how do you think she felt when she found out that she was pregnant? And, and when that little baby turned out to be a boy, what, do you think her, her stomach kind of was doing some flip-flops and just you know not, not exactly sure, now what? There's this instruction about putting to death all the boys. And yet, she chose... Her and her husband chose to stand with conviction. She made a courageous decision, even though it was difficult. It was a boy. It, it should have died according to this decree from uh, the king. But the Bible says she feared God more than the king's commands. She, she was not scared about what the, the king had to say, but she was thinking about the king of kings, God. She didn't go with the flow. She didn't, she didn't go with what was easiest, what was most comfortable, what was most convenient. You see, she did the right thing no matter what the cost. They dared to violate this law to save their son. Now, certainly in the Word of God, we've got instructions when it comes to obeying and, and following our leaders. But when those leaders give instructions and laws and decrees that are opposite to and contrary to the Word of God, we must obey God. And sometimes that makes it difficult to stand with conviction. This instruction uh, was, was 
taking the lives of these little Israelite boys against the, the Word of God, against His clear instructions about life. And, and yet, she chose to stand. She chose to make a complete and a courageous stand with conviction. Now, many times there's a price to pay when we choose to stand, when we choose to stand upon the Word of God. The question is, are you and I willing to stand with conviction in a world that many times is against the instructions of God? Many times you and I will be pressured to bow down to the expectations or to some of the cultural themes that take place in our society. But each and every time we must come back to this, what does God have to say? What does His Word have to say about this topic, about this issue? Because if the instruction is given against the Word of God, we still must stand with conviction upon the Word of God. What God says is what's important to us and in our lives. We've got to stand firm with conviction upon the Word of God, not upon a pole that is taken to, to kind of get the feeling or sensation of what do the people across America think? What do the people across the world think? And certainly over the last number of years, over the last number of decades, there's been a number of different topics, a number of different issues that have been against God's Word that little by little by little by little keep gaining more and more acceptance and getting pushed to the forefront. Everything from abortion to uh, homosexual marriage and so many other things in between are things that against, are against the Word of God but that the, uh, the culture and the society has been uh, turning to to say yes to these things that God has not said yes to. The challenge is you and I must stand with conviction. We must stand and resist the influences of the world to say no to what God has instructed. A faith that protects, a, a powerful standing faith is a faith that stands with conviction. Thirdly, a faith that protects is one that will balance the spiritual and the practical. Let's continue in Exodus chapter 2, verse 3. Here's, here's the, the part of the story that you might remember if you were a little boy or girl and, and you had flannel graphs in Sunday school. It says, when she could hide him, when she could hide the little boy, Moses, no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar and pitch, then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister, that's Miriam, stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave over to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Now, this is, this is an incredible, this is a mighty, this is a powerful uh, story of faith that protects. But when we take a look at Jochebed, she has both the spiritual and the practical. She's got the planning as well as the faith and trust in God. You see, it takes both. 
Now maybe, as I was reading that scripture again, maybe even like me, your, your initial thoughts were, uh, either from memory's sake or, or just assumption's sake, uh, maybe you were assuming she created and crafted this basket and, and put Moses in, placed him in the Nile River, and then she just kind of pushed him, kind of shoved him off. Well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Did you catch that? In Scripture, that's not what she did. It says she placed the child in it and put it, put this ark, among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. In other words, there seemed to be a, a strategy, there seemed to be specific planning and preparation, not just about creating this ark so that it would, uh, you know, she would coat it so that it would be waterproof, her, her child would be safe, not just how she put it and how she created it, but where. She had a specific place in mind. Now, perhaps, perhaps Jochebed had identified a number of habits of uh, the, the daughter of Pharaoh, and maybe she placed this ark exactly where, this, this little basket exactly where she knew the daughter would come. Maybe she as well had instructed and given some uh, words for Mary and go, go and kind of hang out and, and hopefully when this happens, here's how you're to act. Here's what you're going to say. This is not a, a story or a scripture filled with coincidences, but one filled with preparation and planning. There were no guarantees, but she did her very best to plan. And then as she placed that little, uh, that little ark or basket there uh, in the reeds, then she had great faith and trust in God. See, there's not a conflict between faith and planning. Sometimes people take one or the other. It's all faith and I just trust God, but I'm sure not going to do anything because it, it must be God. On the other hand, there's, there's people who plan and plan and prepare and prepare. And in the midst of that, they say, well, it's all on me. You see, we've got to have both the planning and preparation mixed with the faith and trust in God. Came across this, uh, this little soldier motto for a soldier from the Revolutionary War. It kind of speaks to this topic. It says this, trust in God but keep your powder dry. In other words, do this, do the faith, do the trust, do the spiritual things, but alongside of that, come and do the practical. Plan, but trust. Have faith in God, but prepare. Put both of those things together. Jochebed had the plan, this papyrus basket coated uh, with tar and pitch and then placed in a specific spot. That was the plan. But once she did that, wow, she's really releasing it, trusting and having faith in God. She's, she's believing God's going to direct him and keep him and pro, uh, provide safety for him. Spiritual and practical, planning and trusting, it's both. Listen, you and I need to trust God for our finances. But let's make sure that we're not blowing and wasting money on frivolous spending. We've got to trust God for safety in our vehicles. But let's not drive 100 miles an hour around a blind curve and just say, God's going to take care of me. We trust God for health in our bodies. And yet it's also good and wise if we can kind of keep a close eye on maybe what we eat or how much we eat or mix in a little exercise, some of those things. 
Listen, even in the midst of this current situation, which is why we're coming to you on video here on Facebook, coronavirus, COVID-19. Listen, we have faith and trust in God to protect from the virus or perhaps even to heal should someone contract that virus. There's faith and trust, but we mix it with the practical, which is this. We're going to do the hand washing thing. We're going to do the social distancing thing. We're, we're going to do the practical things mixed in with faith and trust in God. So we take a look at Jochebed. She was balancing the spiritual and the practical, and that's a, a faith that protects. Finally, today, a faith that protects means this. We will model our faith. Finishing out then uh, this particular passage, Exodus chapter 2, verse 9. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, said to Miriam, take this baby, uh, I'm sorry, to Miriam, but to Jochebed, the mother, take this baby, nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. Imagine that. You, you've got this child who's supposed to be dead according to the, the king's wishes. Not only is this child able to be saved and you get to raise him, you're going to get paid. That sounds like an awesome job. Getting paid to be the mom. Right? So, so many of our, our moms are doing so many things. Here was Jochebed and she's getting paid by the king to do this. Verse 10. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. So Jochebed had Moses underneath her care while he was growing. It was, it was not a tremendously long time, but long enough to lay that solid foundation of faith and trust in God. I think what Moses received in those early years, it set the tone, it laid the foundation for him to be open and receptive to God in later years. But here's the thing. For you and I to pass something on, we first must have something to pass. We've got to have it before we can give it. Jochebed and her husband, Amram, they had a solid relationship with God. They were following him. They wanted to honor and serve him. They lived it out in their planning, plus they lived it out in their trust and faith in God. Let me ask you, do you have a walk with God? Do you have a relationship with God? And not just have you prayed the prayer some point in the past, but are you growing in that? Are you growing by reading God's word, by spending time in prayer, by worshiping, serving, giving, etc.? Are we growing? You see, modeling our faith, it doesn't happen by accident. It's something that is intentional. Remember, others do what we do, not what we say. Maybe you, you've seen that as a mom or dad or grandparent when, when somebody has said, hey, do this. What they really mean is do as I say, but not as I really do. People will follow what it is that we do. The challenge is to model our faith. Now, you might not think of yourself as a model, strutting your stuff on the runway, but listen, as a model, as an individual, as a Christian, you are always being watched and observed. In other words, you're always on the runway of life. The question is, what are you modeling? 
What are you modeling in your speech and your actions? What are you modeling in your thoughts and your attitudes? What are you modeling in your love and in your conflict resolution? How we model, other people will see and pick up on it. Modeling our faith should be consistent. We should be the same thing at church as we are at home or at work. Now, in this particular coronavirus situation, uh, nobody's really at church. It's the four of us here in the foyer that are recording this for you. But we should be the same day in and day out, no matter who we're with or where we are. Are we modeling something that's faithful and consistent? You see, what we model to others is caught as much as it is taught. We can teach and we can instruct what to do and what not to do, but our actions determine. People will kind of catch and learn that way. We can certainly teach, but how we live will impact other lives. A faith that protects. We take a look at Jochebed and what she lived and how she invested into Moses and then to what he would become and how God would use him down the road. She poured into his life by modeling her faith. So a faith that protects. If we take a look at Jochebed on this Mother's Day, we see a faith that protects is one that sees the potential in others. A faith that protects will stand with conviction upon the Word of God. A faith that protects will balance the spiritual along with the practical. Faith and trust in addition to planning and preparation. And a faith that protects is one that will model our faith.